Well, good morning and happy Easter. He is risen? Okay, you got it. Good. We wanted to explain that earlier. That's kind of a classic traditional greeting that, that Christians do. Easter people do that on Easter. And we are Easter people. Um, this morning, I want to talk about the hope that Easter gives us. But as I often do, I, I've got to begin this talk with a bit of a confession. This is great therapy for me. I hope you appreciate it. This beginning of this week, I wasn't feeling that hopeful. Um, the week before Easter is traditionally called Holy Week because there's Palm Sunday and Good Friday and all kinds of things going on building up to this crescendo. And Easter is always a day of hope. A couple of people have asked me this week, Rick, don't you ever get tired about talking on Easter and coming up with a new spin on it? And the short answer is no, because it's awesome. And I don't know if you noticed, what happened to the veil on the window? What the dickens? What's with that? What happened to the curtain? It's gone, right? So Easter's a really hopeful time, but I have to tell you that around about Tuesday, I wasn't feeling uber hopeful about life. It's just a combination of things. Seeing people that I care deeply about, suffering, families, parents worried about children, children worried about parents, people with chronic health challenges that didn't seem to get better, people fighting systemic injustice, and feeling like our country's not getting any further ahead. And sometimes it feels like the world is sliding backwards. That's just hard. And economic challenges and uh, people, good people who just need work. They just need to seem, they just need a break in life. And you want to say, come on, God, where is the hope? Then something unpredictable, like God does, he often uses something unpredictable and something that I hadn't planned to break in on me this week to give me a great amount of hope. And I'll tell you about that in a few minutes. I want to keep you slightly in suspense. But for now, I want to read you um, a passage from the Bible. It's in 1 Corinthians 15 that talks about the hope that we have at Easter. Let me give you a little bit of background here. The Apostle Paul is writing the Corinthian church, and word had been getting around. People had been starting ugly rumors. Resurrection? <laughs> what resurrection? Come on. People don't come back from the dead. No such thing. That's like the National Enquirer. Come on, you can't believe everything you hear. And Paul says, well, we've got we to set this right because we've got eyewitnesses to the resurrection, and even though we don't have any eyewitnesses remaining today, I believe that I could demonstrate to you that the resurrection of Jesus Christ can be proven historically. Not scientifically, because you can't prove it scientifically. We can't go in a, back in a laboratory and, I know about science, don't tell me about scientific proof. You just can't do it that way. But historically, we can prove that Jesus Christ came back from the dead. And that's what Paul was saying. So, here's his point. He says, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are you, some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ 
has not been raised either, right? If people don't come back from the dead, Jesus is still in the tomb. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. You see all the implications building up? If there's no resurrection, we are in deep trouble, my friends. Deep trouble. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still guilty in your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. The crux of the Christian message lives and dies, no pun intended, with the resurrection. Everything hangs on that. And if it didn't happen, then Jesus didn't come back from the dead. He was just another good religious teacher who died like everybody else. Or another wannabe, wannabe Messiah who got stamped out in first century Palestine like all the other wannabe messiahs. And if there's no resurrection, that means that the gospel is a gigantic scam. Biggest scam in history. And we've all been... We've all been had. We've all been scammed, right? If there's no resurrection. And if there's no resurrection, everyone that we've cared about in the past, everyone who put their hope in Jesus, they're gone. There's no hope. Right? And if there is no resurrection, if we've only put our hope in Christ, believing in a resurrection, a bodily resurrection from the dead, we, every Christian, is the most pathetic loser in history. Because we have been scammed. We've been had. That's it. I feel like going home. That's it. If there's no resurrection. Have I got your attention? But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He's the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, Adam, rebelling against God, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, Jesus Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam and have his sin nature, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. So our Easter hope is centered on the resurrection of Jesus, right? It's it's the key. A few years ago, uh, when I was recovering from a major illness, one of my health practitioners uh, was visiting my home, and we had this kind of off-the-record conversation. She started it. It wasn't me. This lady was very gracious, really good professional. She really helped me a lot. She asked me, Rick, i got to ask you, um, I know you're a Christian. Why are you a Christian? Why aren't you a Muslim or a Buddhist or something else? So how would you answer that question? I send up this quick little help prayer, which is the 
One of the best kinds of prayers. Sometimes the best prayers are the shortest ones, like, help. And I thought about it, I said, you know, well, all those religions have got good things about them, you know, I suppose, because lots of people follow them. But it boils down to this, all those other guys are dead. All those other guys are dead. I'm not here to diss other people's faith or whatever, but for me, I'm kind of a bottom line, kind of pragmatic guy. All those other guys are dead. They're dead. Muhammad's dead. Buddha's dead. They're all dead. Jesus is not dead. Talked to him this morning. I was just talking to him a couple of minutes ago, and he was talking back to me. He's alive, right? What a game changer. And historically, um, we can show this. Our Easter hope is centered on the resurrection of Jesus. Here's the deal. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, or whether or not, but whether or not he rose from the dead. Do you understand? Like Jesus said a lot of good things. And people quote him, and they misquote him, and take little bits of the Bible to suit their own purpose. But generally, he's thought as a good moral teacher. Which he was, but he was so much more than that. The guy came back from the dead. God raised him from the dead. That's a game changer. Now, you either believe that, or you don't. Then, being in a free country, no one's going to tell you what to believe. But he's either dead or he's not. And if he's dead, who cares? So what? If he's alive, if the resurrection is true, Jesus came back from the dead, there's a huge so what question after that, followed immediately by, now what? (laughs) What do we do with this? So, really, the, the whole gospel Um, rises or falls on whether or not Jesus came back from the dead or not. Understand? Otherwise, you know, it's one thing to spout off and say, I'm God, I'm God, I'm God, which he consistently did. I'm the only way to God. No one gets to the Father except by me. But if you can't back that up, it's just all a bunch of hot air, right? Our Easter hope is based on historical fact. It's not a con game. Nobody produced the body. It would have been a great way to squelch rumors buzzing around Jerusalem. Jesus is back from the dead. I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who saw him, you know? And word spreads around like that and all these rumors. The best way to destroy a rumor like that would be to produce a body, right? Right? Don't you think? And if it would have been me, I would have found them, put them on public display and said, well, next, next Messiah up, please, you know, anybody else? That would would have been the best way to squelch that. But they couldn't do that. Because the Romans didn't have the body, the, the, the Jewish authorities didn't have the body, and the disciples didn't have the body. Rumors were flying around, and actually the... The, the, the um, religious authorities paid off the guards at the time saying, okay, tell them, tell them the disciples did it. Okay, just, we won't get you in trouble with your authorities, with the people supervising you, but just tell them that the disciples came and stole the body while you were sleeping. So that's a popular rumor. 
some of our Muslim friends that believe that Jesus didn't really die on the cross. He just sort of passed out. And then in the coolness of the tomb, he felt so much better and he just left and moved a 2,000-pound stone out of the way and overpowered the guards. And then not a real plausible theory because Jesus was dead as a doornail when he came off the cross along with all those other challenges. So what we're left with, as Sherlock Holmes would say, after you, re- you eliminated all the other possibilities, even if the, the, your remaining theory is highly improbable, that's what you're left with. Jesus came back from the dead. Something that's really convinced me about the historicity, the historical believability of the resurrection is a man named Charles Colson. Charles Colson was uh, uh, an attorney in Richard, President Richard Nixon's cabinet in the early 70s. There was a horrific scandal, the Watergate scandal. You can read about it when you go home. But basically, the president committed a number of crimes and he was forced to resign before getting impeached. But there was a huge cover-up going on. And this cover-up did not last very long. Let me explain this quote. I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. Hi? Why? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured that if it were not true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. Colson, because he was one of those 12 men involved in the Watergate scandal, knows that under pressure, people will rat each other out. Now, all these 12 influential Americans were worried about, which is a big thing to worry about, was going to jail, public disgrace, things like that. No one was threatening to murder them or kill them or torture them. They started ratting each other out right away. And one fellow just started singing like a canary, ratted everyone out, and everything came to light. If there had been a conspiracy to hide Jesus' body and make up all this stuff about the resurrection, it would have broken very quickly. So that's why Colson and myself, he's convinced me that historically you can demonstrate the resurrection of Jesus. Now think about that. Jesus died. God raised him back from the dead. Just like that. And he's alive today. This is huge implications for us. Not just promising us pie in the sky by and by when we die. That's great. Every Christian lives forever. But Jesus came not just to deliver us personally from sin, but to change the whole creation. He came to bring a whole new way of living to planet Earth. And our Easter hope radically changes the way we live. Tim Keller is one of my favorite authors, and he he, he says to his atheist friends, you know, you guys don't believe in the resurrection. Okay, but why worry about the planet then? Why worry about taking care of the planet? Why worry about injustice? Why worry about you know, stopping war and helping people because ultimately it doesn't really matter. We're just all going to burn up in the sun someday and that'll be it. We're done. 
Why bother? If the resurrection didn't happen, why bother at all? It'll be every man for himself. But our Easter hope radically changes the way we live, and we become Easter people. Do not abandon yourselves to despair. We are the Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. That's Pope John Paul too. I like that. Some people are going to say, but he's Catholic. And I'll say, I know. But it's still a good statement. I'm an Easter person too, right? I want to be an Easter person. Living in the hope of the resurrection. Hope is different than optimism. Optimism is like crossing your fingers and crossing your toes and what, what at crossing everything and hoping things work out and singing along and seeing the glass is half empty. Now, it's generally a good thing to see the glass is half empty. I tend to be an optimistic person, but it's different than having hope because hope in the resurrection, it's a solid belief that things are going to work out well because of who's done the promising. It's God. And he's backed it up because Jesus isn't dead. This motley crew of followers who are so terrified in Good Friday, they ran for their lives. Easter Sunday, they see an empty tomb and then the risen Jesus appears to them several times in several different situations. At one time, as many as 500 people at one time saw him. And they turned into game changers. They turned, it, they turned the Roman Empire upside down. You don't do that based on a lie. You do not do that based on the, the largest scam in human history. You don't. You do that because you've experienced the risen Jesus and the risen Jesus starts living in us and changing us from the inside out. So we are Easter people. So here's what happened to me this week. I'm mulling over this and thinking, well, I want to talk about hope, but I'm not feeling particularly hopeful. And I don't, I hate religious platitudes. By the way, I hate religion. Did I, have I told you that before? I hate religion. Love Jesus because Jesus loves me. Crazy. You know? But I'm just not into religion. As it says, there's a great line in the movie, The Shack, that says, it's, Jesus says, religion's too much work. It is. Religion is too much work. But I'm, I'm just crazy about Jesus because he's crazy about me. So I'm saying, okay, God, I don't want to give religious platitudes. What can I say? Give me an example of some Easter people here in Winnipeg who are living out the implications of the resurrection. They're, they're filled with optimism about the future even though um, the pressures of society, the pressures of the world are, are pushing back. Naomi House is located at 700 Ellis Avenue, just by the intersection of Toronto and Ellis. And if you got a chance, stroll by. I got an invitation to uh, tour it from Pastor Tim Nielsen. He's over at City Church over in Maryland and Broadway. Tim has a really interesting church because it's mostly populated by fairly recent immigrants to Canada in the last 10 years or so. These folks, wow, you think we're diverse. They're, they've got lots of different languages going on there, lots of different groups going on. And Tim has got a passion for helping people settle into, into Canada 
and welcoming new immigrants here. And what happened is that a couple of years ago, they bought the building on the left that you see up there was an old electronics store, and they've converted it into something called Naomi House. They've got uh, seven bedrooms, several washrooms, uh, training area, and then a large communal kitchen. And they're, they're planning and welcoming refugees there. It opens just in a couple of months. And he gave me a tour. And I thought, this is amazing. The church and their friends raised money for this. Volunteer labor, not one dollar of government money. I think Brian Pallister would be very pleased with that. I am. I was impressed because we're not sucking up to the government. People are stepping up. Easter people are stepping up and doing this in our neighborhood. Incidentally, they've invited us to help, so we can talk about that later. I just got to tell you the story, though. It was so encouraged me, and meeting some of the um, delightful characters who are renovating the place. Um, what an interesting band, you know? Uh, renovating this place and fixing it up so well. Um, Again, it just encouraged me to no end because these people are Easter people. They see, they don't just... Some Christians, after they start following Jesus, they want to circle the wagons. They put the wagons in a circle and just wait for Jesus to come and take them home. They just live so passively and in this little Christian bubble. And if you really believe in the resurrection, if you're really an Easter person, you see... That's kind of a sad waste of resources. Kind of a sad waste of time, right? Just live in our little Christian bubble, cross our fingers and hope that Jesus comes back before things get really, really bad. We have someone who was dead and now isn't dead. And that same resurrection life is available for us to start working through our stuff in life. Hello, choir. I haven't really talked to you today. How are you doing? Thanks for coming. The resurrection's for you guys too, right? You've been singing about it and singing well. Thank you. But I really hope it's soaking into your spirit, okay? This isn't just a theoretical thing. My back to the camera. I'm showing my good side. This isn't just a theoretical thing with Easter, okay? It's meant to penetrate your spirit Change your relationships. Change your families. Change your work situations. Change everything. Got me? I'm saying this because I'm very fond of you, okay? And I want you to listen. And I know you get this because you sing about it. And for the rest of us, it's so powerful for us to get on in this Easter hope. It makes me more than optimistic. It just gives me this confident hope. We do not have to bury our hope. We don't have to just put it under a rock and give up. Because he, Jesus, was already buried for us. And hope himself, Jesus, walked out of the grave. I don't know what you're struggling with this morning. I don't know your life situations. I know some of them and I can guess. And maybe you could guess at mine. But the bottom line is we need hope today. Jesus is our hope. That's not a religious cliche. It's true. Because he's not dead, right? He's not dead, right? 
Right, yeah, amen. Don't worry, you won't turn into a Pentecostal if you say amen once in a while. But imagine you're a Maple Leaf fan and were watching the game last night. How excited you would be. Delirious. They're probably having parades this morning. But we don't have to bury our hope. We don't have to give up. Because Jesus was already buried for us. He took on all the junk and crap and garbage, wrong things that we've done, and he died so he could set us free from the curse of sin. And not just us, the whole world, the whole creation's been under a curse, and the resurrection breaks the power of that curse. That's why Christians who are Easter people care about the environment, they care about injustice. They care about their neighbors. They love their families. They serve God in however God calls them to be because we are part of his cause in remaking the planet the way he wanted it remade in the first place. Okay? We are Easter people. We don't have to bury our hope because he was already buried for us and hope himself walked out of the grave. He is risen. He is risen. He's risen. He's risen. Amen.